On today's OTP Road to Nashville, the off-season program is off and running, and Titans Online's Jim White joins to tell us what the guys had to say after day one. Less than 10 days from the NFL draft, we've got all of the latest news, and we'll visit with two local prospects, Tyrell Dotson and Dawson Knox. If you have Nashville draft fever, or even if you don't, stay tuned as the OTP Road to Nashville for April 16th starts now. Nine days until players are drafted in Nashville. Welcome to the OTP Road to Nashville from St. Thomas Sports Park in Nashville. I'm Mike Keith. Amy Wells is here. Hello. As we are fully identified with our location. Yes. You don't need Waze to find us. What? We're right here. You don't use Waze, the app? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know that. that, Are you quoting a song? No, what is no, I was just talking You're about You're just ways. making this up? You don't up? need ways to... F- oh, I thought anyway, that this was maybe right a country along, song or something. Where, that's why I'm told not to be clever. It sounded very poetic. Jim Wyatt's here nice. from TitansOnline.com. I'm moving along. Do you notice how I'm just... I'm just <laughs> trying I'm still through. back there. I'm still I there. I'm Derek Henrying <laughs> the moment. I'm just running through it. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Uh, how's everybody doing? We're oh, great. Good. <laughs> you know, something that uh, we like to do on the show is take those social media questions. So if you are watching us live on the Titans social media channels, which would be Facebook, the Twitter, and also YouTube. Yep. Ask those questions, and, and Amy Wells will be certain to pass them on. Absolutely. Either ask them in the little comment section or tweet them at me, at Titans Amy. I'll get them. We'd love to have them. Mm-hmm. So, guys back to work? Yeah, and it's great to have guys back, because I think, you know, everything's starting to you, know, you when the one season ends, I think after the Super Bowl ends, that's when I start thinking, okay, this is the start of a new season because everything that's happened to that point is now in the past, and you start to try to start building, whether it's you know through the combine or through free agency or then the draft comes. But now, you know, you got players back in the building, uh, so the, this has kind of started. The schedule comes out tomorrow night. Uh, oh, you've uh, given which, away another headline. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> so, sorry about that. The show's pretty much show, done Jim? now. <laughs> We're over. We have a plan, Jim. We have a plan. Did you not read the that plan? Just, that's just a tease. <laughs> that way when people hear that, they'll think, oh, we got to stick around to find out the real info because we're gonna, obviously going to tell who all the Monday he's Night Games like, are. And, he's become like our yeah. Robin Williams-type <laughs> guest. Everything goes out the window with Jim. Yeah, we just well, take this show. Right. We're going to reveal the, all the primetime yeah, games and when, when we're playing the Colts and who the opener is. He so already knows. Have to stick around uh-huh. for that. So, uh, uh, so I, I do feel like now that guys are back in the building, it's it, things are getting cranked yeah, up now, and uh, we'll be able to stand out there and watch some practices soon. Obviously, this is early. I mean, they're in the this is the focus now is on conditioning and weight training. You do get some time in meetings, but uh, but I do feel like. It's 2019 now and uh, gearing toward the season. Let's hear what the players had to say upon their return. Media got a chance with some Titans players and head coach Mike Vrabel after the first day of off season. Not necessarily workouts, but the off season program. Let's take a listen to that right now on the OTP. It always feels like the first day of school. I mean, we're we're really excited. I think uh, most of us have been training. We've been itching uh, to see each other. Every team is 
zero and zero right now. So we all have lofty goals. But we know the work that's to go in is where it starts. Man, I'm just super excited to be back with my brothers. Just seeing everybody's faces in the locker room, having those locker room talks. I walked in this morning and Bates was bumping his music already. So that's how you know football is back. It's always a good time to be able to come back, get ready to go, uh, get in the, the middle of everything again. It's fun. It's just fun being back. We were good, but we want to be great. And as that's really our mindset this year is we were good, but now we need to be great. We want to go from being a good team, a consistent team the last couple of years, to a great team and to, to do great things. And that's really trusting the teammates next to you, the Kenny Vaccaros who come back another year, Dean Pease's system another year, and uh, trusting a leader like Mike Rabel, who I think is a great leader. But, you know, in this league, you got you to gotta earn your stripes, and uh, that, that takes time. No sense of entitlement. Not feeling like, you know, what we did last year is going to equal any success or any results this year. We have to start all over just like you have to do every single season and just put the work in and put the grind in. You know, we've had an opportunity to, to get into the playoffs. We were in it a couple years ago. If we just take our time, trust each other, build off of what we've already done, I think we got a chance. You know, we only get 176 hours uh, throughout the offseason, the nine weeks. And so, you know, we're down four hours already. I hope that, uh, you know, that we were able to teach and the players were able to to understand the things we were saying and that we were able to get some work in the weight room and, and on the field. This is our job, you know, they ask us to do something, so do it at the best you can, and uh, we'll get we'll get to where we're looking to get to, and that's the promised land. I'm not concerned about anything other than my brothers, my teammates, this team, trying to be a great team and trying to win a Super Bowl. I want to be a good teammate first. That takes no talent. The more that we can bring the group together, the better it will be, because this isn't an individual sport, it's a team sport, so you need everybody. Good stuff from the Titans players and also head coach Mike Vrabel. Uh, topics that came up on day one, Jim Wyatt. Marcus Mariota's weight, number one? Yeah, I think so. And, and on, on the surface, I mean, a five-pound weight gain is, okay, what's what's the big deal? But I, I think with – Speak for yourself. Yeah, yeah but I, I think looking ahead, though, I mean, who said for sure it's going to be five? He didn't. I mean, he, uh, he wouldn't tell exactly what the weight gain was because I initially – Ask him about it, and then I find to circle back around. Says in the five to ten pound range, and he pretty much yeah somewhere in that range. He wouldn't say. I thought he looked bigger. I thought he looked thicker. I thought his neck looked bigger. I think his arms looked bigger. His chest looked bigger. And what he said he's going to do is to try to manage his weight and how he feels during the course of this off season. He wants to be bigger. He wants to be sturdier. Uh, so what that ends up being, he said, it's going, you know he's going to have to try to figure out what's a comfortable playing weight for him. And what you know, I think he'll find that during the course of the offseason. I think what's important is he recognizes that he has not been able to stay healthy. He wants to do so. I, I think back to a conversation I had with Warren Moon at the Super Bowl earlier this offseason and asked him some things Marcus could do to get better and to be more durable. And that's the first thing he said when he was younger in his career. Uh, he he put some weight on, not just to help him from a durability standpoint, but from a confidence standpoint, being able to stand in there, being able to take hits, being able to feel like, hey, I've got a little bit more of uh, more of a base, a little bit more strength to work with. And I think that'll help him physically and mentally moving forward. You spent time, as we know, with Marcus in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the video of him, I ask you immediately, because there had been some reports that he was bigger, it's noticeable. It is noticeable. And it's not just noticeable in the upper body. It looks like his legs are bigger. I mean, he, he seems to be he more looks, stout in just terms of just appearance. Yes, he looks, I think, sturdy is the right way to say it. Like, he looks like he is solid. 
And um, I think that's what he is looking for. He said yesterday he's really interested in making sure that he gains healthy weight, not unhealthy weight. He wants to just be stronger and able to, what he said was, absorb the hits a little bit better. And to do that, you need to be a more sturdy human being. And so, yeah, but even in Hawaii, as soon as we kind of sat down and we were talking, it was like, oh, something's a little bit different here. Like, he just looked sturdy. So I think that's good. I, mean, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, because I, mean, I don't think it's a deal where he's just been hanging out a bunch of luau's eating a lot of food over there and, and gotten sloppy. That's not what his plan. I mean, his plan was... It's nothing worse uh, than this guy at a sloppy <laughs> luau. <laughs> Golly. So, so, I mean, he, he's training. <laughs> he's managing his diet. Uh, he's wanting to make sure he uh, feels good out there and uh, feel good, play good. Uh, I think it's the feeling. Stumbling around, a pineapple full of who knows okay. what. Let's, let's move <laughs> on to the next the topic. That's the last thing you want to do. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Good to great. Now, good to great is a pretty famous business book. Jim Collins wrote it, but it's been the message of the Titans through the head coach that is going to um, sort of take shape. It's going to continue to be a theme because the head coach has said. Look, nine and seven, that's good. You have a winning season in the NFL, that's good. You you did you did well. Nice job. Pat on the head. But the bottom line is that ain't great. How do we go from a good team, which I think most everybody agrees the Titans have, to being a great team. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, it's good, but it's not good enough. Especially, it's not, it wasn't good enough to get to the playoffs last year. And and people, you know, you, you appreciate nine and seven. But you don't celebrate nine and seven because people want to get to the playoffs. They want to playoff games. We we all know how exciting it was at Arrowhead Stadium a couple of years ago when you find a way to win that game. But then you have to think all the way back to the 2003 season to remember what that feeling was like, and that's too long of a gap. And uh, in a division where you know the Texans are getting better and the Colts are getting better, and the Jaguars are getting better. We're going to talk about one of those teams later. I'm not going to give it away here. Right. Right? <laughs> it's to too late. Something like yeah. that. But, uh, you've got to be able to keep up with the teams in your division. And uh, it's a culture that Mike Vrabel is trying to create here. I mean, Kevin Byard said when you're walking down the hall, somebody asks you how you're doing, you don't say, I'm doing good. You say, I'm doing great. And uh, so I walked in with a Chick-fil-A biscuit this morning. I felt good myself coming in here. I actually I probably felt great. I, I usually say that would be great. <laughs> because usually that I just pound some Cheerios uh, on the way out, and I'm hungry by 10 o'clock. So I feel like I'm going to make it through the show without having to, to think about food, although I did bring a, up the Lou Do you have a Chick-fil-A here. endorsement now? Do you just drop <laughs> that in? Another bad. one of the yeah. ones on the visor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. It'd be a good He's place to start have having ads with. on the visor. I actually had like <laughs> a, an, I earned an award there, so I cashed it in. I went straight through, told him I had an, an award. So you got uh, a You had some chicken yeah. points. Nice. Easy good. transaction. I kept the line moving, and uh, it, was, it was a good start Easy of the day. Let me tell you where I ate last night. I ate at Hub City Brewing in Jackson, Tennessee. That was a good transition. Titans season ticket member event, along with Forward Jackson, the Chamber of Commerce's top members, the Forward Jackson 2.0 membership. And it was a fantastic event. I think we actually have some photographs. We're talking about Jackson. Yes, look at, look at this place. Whoa. If you haven't been, this is a new place that, that just opened nice. two months ago, and they brew beer. And so give away free beer and people will come, yep. especially when you have the taco bar. 
which was outstanding. Beer and tacos. There on the far left is Kyle Spurgeon, who is in charge of the Jackson Chamber of Commerce. He is a great friend of the program for the Tennessee Titans, a longtime friend. And uh, you could see the group there last night. And we talked about the draft itself and what was going to happen with the draft and all of the things in downtown Nashville, some uh, different things about the uh, Titans' perspective on the draft. And it was really a a special event. So thank you to the Jackson Chamber. Uh, Thank you to the Forward Jackson 2.0 membership. And certainly thank you most of all to the Titans season ticket members. Another season ticket member tomorrow, Dixon, Tennessee, as we combine with the Dixon Rotary for lunch at Greystone Golf Club. If you'd like to be there, I understand there's still some spots open. Dave McGinnis is the guest. That sounds fancy. It'll be nice. Yeah. It'll be it'll be really nice. We really enjoyed doing it, and we're going to do so many of these events throughout. The, you and I are doing one with Amy Adams Strunk we sure next are. Monday. Very nice. And Steve Underwood is doing one Monday night at the George Jones. And people know that we have the Wednesday evening program on the General Jackson Showboat, which will be parked by, I think they call it Riverboat. Um, yeah. parked right by Nissan Stadium, and uh, John Robinson will be there, and Mike Vrabel will be there. That one's going to be yeah, so Yeah, there's cool. so many of them. Whew. So it's going to be a good time. A lot of activity uh, here, certainly at, uh, gearing up for the draft and gearing up for another season. And speaking of gearing up, what about Russell Wilson? 2 o'clock this morning local time. He met the midnight deadline Pacific time four years Four years, $140 million, $65 million in signing bonus that he will get this year. Reportedly, $107 million of that is guaranteed. So Russell Wilson is now the most highly paid quarterback in the NFL, topping Aaron Rodgers by $2 million per year. First reaction to that, Amy Wells? That's a lot of money is my first reaction. I mean, he got what he wanted. You know, he wanted to get this deal done before the season started. He was able to get it in before the deadline, like, or right at the deadline, it seems like. I mean, good for him. I'm excited. I think that that's a huge contract and proud of him. I mean, it's a lot of money for a guy who already has a lot of money and is a good player, and I'm glad he's staying in Seattle for a while. But there's quarterback money. But, I mean, holy smokes. Continuing to go up and something, if you're a Titans fan, you're certainly keeping an eye on for the not-too-distant future. I mean, he's earned it. I mean, I I, I give Russell Wilson a lot of credit. I'm going to bring up Warren Moon's name again just because, you know, he's on the Seahawks broadcast team, and we were talking about Mariota. He was bringing up Russell Wilson and just how he – yeah, I don't know if they're similar styles. Russell Wilson runs around a little bit more, but he has managed to stay healthy despite playing a type of football where he takes some hits and puts himself in harm's way. And I give him a lot of credit for being available – Week in and week out for his team. I mean, he's a good look at look at his games played and his starts and how many sixteen game seasons he's played and been very productive. Taking his team to Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, uh, should have won an, you know yeah, another, won another one. Uh, if not for a Malcolm Butler play at the end zone. We're not very good to run Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. That's another option. <laughs> yeah, so, might have I mean, thought about that. Yeah, uh, no question. So I mean, he he's had a great career and. Uh, 
when you have a guy like that, you'd like to see him stay in one place instead of bouncing around him. Mean, I've already seen some mock drafts that had projection in there with Russell Wilson being included in trades and going to other teams. So that's resolved. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And, uh, you know, Seahawks are, are going to be a contender because of him moving forward. But, you know, part of what has changed about their dynamic is because he was a third-round pick, they didn't have to pay him yep. for so long. It was the same thing with Tom Brady with the Patriots because he was a sixth-round pick. They got the Drew Bledsoe money off the books, and so they were always behind and really to a certain extent are still behind in terms of having to pay top dollar for a top quarterback. That was where Seattle was for a while, and they had all these defensive players, and now virtually all those guys are gone because they're now having to pay their quarterback. You know, that's the adjustment that you have to make. The advantage of him being the third-round pick and not having to pay him initially is gone. Right. And, and this team, obviously, he's got a big decision to make moving forward with Marcus and uh, and a lot of some you know plenty of other guys. You know, Kevin Byard was asked about his contract situation yesterday uh, as he's closing in on uh, being in contention for getting a deal and just wrapped up you know Taylor Wan last year. I mean, there's some other guys that can be coming available, and you've got to start being obviously more strategic. And for John Robinson and Vin Marino, it started. I mean, it's not like all of a sudden they realize, oh, oh no, we've got some contracts to do. They they plan on this in advance and try to put themselves in a good position where they can manage that. Now, now the other thing about Seattle is, do they trade Frank Clark? Mm. Their top defensive player right now who is uh, they franchised and I think his number is over 17 million at this point I always wonder how these massive break the bank contracts impact a locker room chemistry especially in a locker room that has a bit of a history of being a little explosive. Well, well, they've gotten rid of some of that right? with some of those defensive players. But don't you think, to maybe give an answer to your question, that this settles some of it? Maybe. Because if anybody's going to get paid... It's going to be the quarterback. It's going to be the quarterback. Yeah. And so now nobody is going to question, are they going to trade Russell? Is he really our guy? Should we follow him? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, oh, it's, absolutely. Been, it's been a little unusual because he's a little different personality mm-hmm. um, and has the famous wife and, you know, that whole thing, which is, uh, you know, it's a little different dynamic. But I, I think it's clearly his locker room now. Right. I think so, too. It's you know what curious. else? What? It's your schedule tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. My schedule? Well, it's all of our schedule. That's true. The schedule is coming. The schedule is coming. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, news broke this morning that the NFL schedule will be released April the 17th, 7 p.m. You will be able to see what it was. Now, who did you have the opener with? I have the Titans at Cleveland. I had at Oakland. At Oakland. And I think I had Tampa coming here. Tampa coming here. I might switch to at Oakland for this reason. I'm thinking about it. Because the preseason schedule was so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that would be just annoying. Yeah, enough. that would be be like okay, look, you got a great preseason schedule. You got the greatest preseason schedule in the history of the franchise's time in Nashville. So now you have to open at Oakland. Yeah, see, that's what I think is going to happen. It'll be hot. It'll be a long flight. Dirt will still yeah. be. The infield will not be. Yep, it's 
I'll tell you what, every kind of surface a human being can walk on is on the field in that stadium. It's the strangest thing. I have to wear like hiking boots well, just so I don't fall say, down. People would always say, why do they want to leave Oakland? I'm like, go to the stadium. Yeah, just check just, it out. Spend 10 minutes. They won't build them a new one. Nope. And so, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, this is not – when they say, well, they're going to go to Vegas. Yes, I was like, yes, this would be a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. This would be very easy because Oakland was just not going to build them a facility. Yep. Do we have the graphic ready of all the Monday night games? Uh, <laughs> no, game? we don't have those yet, Jim. <laughs> These, you're starting all the conspiracy <laughs> theorists who think we know everything. We don't. I'm, I'm telling you, we do not know. I have a little tidbit related to schedules. You want to hear it? Sure. I read it in an ESPN article that a uh, – They've hired a mathematician, basically. He's officially a professor of operations research. Right. And he's helping the league kind of figure out the best way to do all these schedules. And he said that he calculates that there are more possible NFL schedules in a given year than there are atoms in the universe. Or drink possibilities at Sonic. 10 to the 300th power versus 10 to the 80th power. Well, that's even more than I mean, possibilities at Sonic. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Yes. There are so many different configurations of what a schedule could be. So if we wanted to guess what, who was going to have a Monday night game and when it was going to be, we couldn't because there's more possibilities than atoms in the universe. Except Jim White claims he already knows it. Well, well I, I, I think really Jim don't. knows I'm a teasing. guy. Uh, I will say, and I'm, I don't know whether this is true or not, but the Brown schedule, did you see all the... the Hubbub about the Brown that, schedule that, uh, being Beckham, released. That Beckham already knew it? There's yeah. no well, way. Well, there, there Beckham a, said he had already seen the schedule. There's uh, no way. No, there's no way. Well, and there was, and I'll tell you this is something to keep an eye on, but there was something I saw on Twitter last week that has what looks like a Brown schedule mapped out with the date and uh, the opponent. And if we're going to remember this tomorrow when this comes out. They've okay. got the Titans at the Browns on December Yeah. The eighth. So I'm changing my pick for week one. <laughs> so let's see if this happens. I mean, now, uh, how believable this is. This has the Browns playing on Monday Night Football to start the season at the Jets, and then it has so the Browns with another yeah. primetime game at home against the Ravens in week two, and then they go into more of a – Then maybe a, Odell Beckham has seen the schedule? Maybe. You have to I'm re- I yeah. wrote this date down, so we'll check it when the schedule comes out. So December the 8th. So December in Cleveland is probably, it's probably mo- not the most ideal time to be going to Cleveland. We'll You'd have rather to take get a Edward September Nathan there. George with us yeah. for a recap of what he did in 1999 where he or 2000 where he ran through them in the snow in December. Oof. Yes. One of my very favorite Titans games. Really? 34 carries, 176 yards. Titan. Wow. Titans win 24 to nothing. That's pretty impressive. Got Chris Palmer fired as their coach Sorry. because a lot of people think because he wore a gigantic coat. What? Well, and, and he was later our offensive coordinator. Nice guy, good coach. But the theory was that the Cleveland people got so upset that Jeff Fisher's walking around in a leather jacket and Eddie George is running through the Browns on the Browns' home field in the snow in December, and their coach is wearing a, a ginormous <laughs> coat, Yeah, you know, over there huddled like he's afraid of the cold, which he it's was. It's like a West I mean, Wing from, episode. Well, I know, but he's from Connecticut. But I mean, 
and he wasn't soft or anything, but perception is sometimes reality hmm. and that that was supposedly the final straw for him. Interesting. Yes. So he looked kind of like a sissy. That's how you would say it, yes. Well, hmm. That's it's, sad. It's funny. Soft. I remember yeah. a couple of Florida guys on that Titans team who waited. Uh, Samari Roll being one of them, and he made no bones about it. He, he loved wa- the cold weather. Yeah, he waited until no. the very last minute to come out. Uh, he hardly did anything on the field in pregame, and he waited the very last minute to come running out. And, and Samari kind of slightly built. He looked – Looked like the Michelin man, I guess, up there that day because he had on so many layers. Well, they couldn't get him. I mean, if you'll remember, you weren't with the team at the time, but you probably know the story from the outside is <laughs> they couldn't get him to eat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, you know, the, the staff was desperately trying to get him. You know, some guys on weigh-in day, you know, have been starving for two days. They would desperately try to get Samari to eat. He just wouldn't eat. Huh. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. Some of us don't have that problem. Really cold place. I mean, if, if the weather's... The wind. If, if the, the, yeah, the wind, wind coming through there. there, Chief. Yep. You'll love that. Yeah. yeah uh, it something. sounds great. Speaking of defensive backs, one that we know is officially retiring as a Titan. Jim White. Altron Werner. You know, he announced his retirement, I guess, probably three, four weeks ago. And then he's coming in the building tomorrow to sign a one-day contract to retire as a Titan. And, uh, you know, I always remember him. Uh, you know, great guy. And, and certainly there was a stretch there where he just was like a football magnet. You know, he was always around the ball, always made plays. Uh, you know, I think – and and Altron probably will tell it himself tomorrow because he's going to hold a press conference here uh, at St. Thomas Sports Park, the way things played out uh, when he became a free agent, he, he probably had to do it all over again. I would think he might have stayed here, although he uh, got a great contract in Tampa and and uh, you know he's got a, a career to really be proud of. But uh, he made his mark here. Certainly, that's where he went to a Pro Bowl and uh, and wish him well. And it'll be good to see him back in here again. Altron Werner was actually the 104th pick of the 2010 draft. The Titans traded Kevin Vickerson, and if I'm not mistaken, Lindale White, to Seattle to move up in the fourth round to select him. So, it, And he ended up going to a Pro Bowl and having a nice run with the team before he departed. So that turned out to be a pretty good deal. Yeah, absolutely. Excited for him. Good guy. Mm-hmm. All absolutely. Right, ready to get to the Jim Wyatt mocks? Let's do it. This is my favorite part of Tuesday. Jim Mocking Wyatt, Jim Wyatt. changed a little Jim bit, Jim Wyatt already knows who's going to be drafted. He already knows the schedule. <laughs> He's already been given the complete draft list. But the he whole plays. thing is just But ridiculous. I've been told to keep it quiet, though. He has yeah, been I can't told say to keep it quiet. About it. Yeah. So let's mock Jim Wyatt, shall we? <laughs> yes, please. Let's take a look. He tours 30 mocks, and you may have read and this. And I bumped it to 40 this time. Did you really? Yeah. He did. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Extra things to sift through. You didn't tell me that. Oh, I'm sorry. But it was up to 40. Sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to make you look bad, Mike. Okay. Well, that's all right. So he bumps it to 40, and we have a new leader in the clubhouse. We After do. After two weeks of Noah Fant being the top of the mocks, it's Brian Burns, the edge man from Florida State. Christian Wilkins staying up there. There's Fant. And T.J. Hawkins. Yeah, that was interesting. People think he's going to fall to 19. I'm surprised, but had a couple of people with uh, you know with some other guys who I'm surprised if they'll be on the board as well, including Sweat. But uh, that popped up. I don't think it was one with Hawkinson last week, if I'm not mistaken. Now one. you've got four. Okay, can so we that's... put that back up for just a second? So it's Burns with eight, 
They're saying eight different mocks are saying the Titans will take Brian Burns at number 19. Seven are saying Christian Wilkins. Five for Noah Fant. Four mocks are saying the Titans will take TJ Hawkinson at 19. Dexter Lawrence, D tackle from Clemson, three. Hollywood Brown, the wide receiver from Oklahoma, three. Irv Smith Jr., the tight end from Alabama, two of the mocks have the Titans selecting him at number 19. And then Cleland Furl, the edge man from Clemson. I like that player very much. Yes. I, I like him a lot. He's a uh, He looks a lot like Derek Morgan coming out of Georgia Tech. Um, Good-looking good player. Uh, and then D.K. Metcalf, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, the corner, Byron Murphy from Washington, Mac Wilson from Alabama, the linebacker, Greedy Williams, cornerback, LSU, Montez Sweat, the edge man from Mississippi State, and A.J. Brown, the wide receiver from Ole Miss. Uh, that rounds out the list. So John Robinson's plan continuing to work as more and more teams – or more and more people unsure about what the Titans pick at 19 is going to be, just like JR planned. Yeah, and not just player, but position. I think a lot of that stems from what has transpired during the early part of this offseason by, you know, filling some needs at guard with Saffold and getting your backup quarterback and Tannehill and, and getting a receiver in Humphreys and obviously getting an edge guy in a camera awake. I mean, you don't look at the Titans and say, this team has to have – this or that. I'm not saying this team doesn't have needs because there's still work to be done to really solidify this roster and some to of these go from positions. Good to great. Right, and uh, and I, that's going to be done with what right now is a six-man draft class. But uh, where it comes at the beginning uh, is as these mocks show anyone's guess at this point. I mean, you don't know who's going to be there at 19 because you don't know what's going to happen one to 18. That's what makes it difficult. Uh, but it, so it's going to be interesting. I agree with Jim. I think that the closer and closer we get, the more we're seeing these mocks kind of change and continue to change. It just tells me that no one really knows what's going to happen. I say we just wait the nine days and pick them for real. we got to talk about it, though, because we have shows. <laughs> I mean, we can't just stop doing the show, Amy. I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm just ready. We promised. I'm so excited. I, know. I can't even contain it. I know. It. I know. Well, we're into like the, the people single in Jackson digits. were last night. I mean, there are all kinds of people who told me, I'm coming up to the draft. Right. I'm going to be there. It's the fever. People who've gotten hotel rooms and are going to be downtown and... Yep. You know, I mean, the whole thing. I, I totally get it. Well, I'm just excited. We're talking about the top of the draft. And part of what you do as you prepare for the draft itself is you have 30 pre-draft visits. The focus of the 30 pre-draft visits among the majority of people who talk about the draft are the guys who will be selected in the first round. But what about guys who will be selected after the first round, including towards day three? Well, some of those guys normally come from your local day. So you have 30 pre-draft visits, but then guys who played in your town or right around your town or who hail from your particular town, have a chance to come in for local day, which was Friday. Bunch of great guys in here on Friday, including a young man from Centennial High School in Franklin, Tennessee, who played for John Chavis at Texas A&M. I'm talking about linebacker Tyrell Dotson. Now, you decided that going to the draft was a good idea for you after your junior year. How did you know that now was the right time? I just knew that I was mentally and physically ready to take my game to another level. And, um, I did a lot in college that I was proud of, and I'm just ready to do it at the next level. 
you had a great 2017 season, a good 2018 season, and it was said that your best game of 2018 was the Gator Bowl against North Carolina State. What was clicking for you in that game? Just that month of, you know, having to, you know, get my body back, you know, season was was really brutal. Having seven overtimes at LSU and, you know, having two to three weeks to, to just prepare and just chill and just get ready for NC State. It was fun. I want to ask you about that seven overtime game since you brought it up. Yeah. Being able to overcome something like that and stay in that game mentally and physically for so long, how did that help you improve as a player? Obviously that's the longest game I've ever played, you know, just just all the preparation that we did in the summer and stuff like that just all came to light and I was just so proud of everyone, how they stuck together and we just kept pounding and pounding until at the end we won. In all of the different aspects of your game, what skill do you have that you think will translate the best to the NFL? Just my versatility. You know, I can play Mike, I can play Will, and me having good ball skills as a linebacker, you know, picking balls off, you know, and just being a leader. What are you hoping teams remember about you? Having the chance to talk to scouts and coaches and all of these different people, what are you hoping they remember the most about Tyrell Dodson? He's a better player off the field than he is on. Just bringing that dynamic to a locker room is just second to none, and I'm just ready to do that. I've got to ask you about your Madden skills because they are something of legend and you may or may not have called out a certain Des Bryant to play against you. Are you really the best Madden player out there? Be honest. I like to think so. I haven't got beat in a long, long time, probably since, you know, probably since probably high school. My brother probably beat me. But other than that, you know, I don't take many L's at Madden. <laughs> Would guys in your locker room agree with you, though? Yes, of course. We, we, we can call them up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrell Dotson, Amy Wells, very, very nice young man who, when we talked with people at the Combine about him, they were a little surprised he chose to come out, mm-hmm. but feel like he has really good upside. He did play better football, according to the experts, while John Chavis was there before Chavis left and went to Arkansas. So maybe somebody gets a steal in this player? I think so. I think that, as you said, he's a player with so much upside that he's a very interesting kind of mid-round pick. And I think that you're absolutely right, that he's someone, if you can get him in the right program, get him in the right situation, he's someone who can be super productive. And, I mean, he's just a good guy. He's a good locker room guy. He does a lot of things in the community. He seems like the complete package, someone you'd want on your team. And what an exciting time for a guy who grew up in this area and right. and so many of them. I mean, at the local day, you know, usually there's, you know, 25, 30 guys here. I think there are over 40 on the field. And, and I'm looking around, and a lot of these guys are going to be drafted, probably a half dozen of them, maybe as many as have been drafted that have come out of this area in the same year since, you know, since the Titans have been here. And uh, so for him and for – Dawson Knox and Juwan Williams and Ugo Amadi and, uh, you know, Alex Barge. I mean, there's so many guys that have draft grades on them. Uh, it's going to be fun just to see uh, it play out, uh, you know, in their hometown. Dawson Knox is the tight end from Ole Miss who prepped at Brentwood Academy. And he is a guy that many people think is a day two pick, maybe even an early day two pick, largely because of his combination of size and athleticism. Many know the story that Dawson Knox walked on at Ole Miss, but they may not know he did not walk on as a tight end. 
You walked on as a quarterback, right? I played quarterback my whole high school career. I wanted to maybe try to play it um, at the next level, but at the same time, I knew I was going to be playing tight end. I knew there was a good possibility that they'd be moving me. So I was open to it, and I was looking forward to it when they actually told me I'd be playing tight end. So there was no great surprise, no, oh, I can't believe you're doing this to me? Yeah, it wasn't a complete surprise. Part of it was expected. I played a little receiver in high school. I knew how to run around and um, catch the ball, but... The blocking aspect was brand new to me. Here's one that I read that interested me. Did you really grow four inches and gain 50 pounds from your junior year to your senior year at Brentwood Academy? I did. Wow. To start my junior season of high school, I was 5'10", 160. And then going into my senior year, I was finally like 6'3", 205, 210. And like just super excited to play. Finally at a size I could start and contribute a lot. It was just a lot of excitement built up to that year. Could have played another year at Ole Miss. Why did you decide to turn pro a year early? I just knew that I had what it takes to get to the next level and be able to produce. I know that I've shown on film that I'd, you know, have a good opportunity to play the next level. I'm hoping, I'm praying that I get drafted somewhere. And I know once I get there, I'll be able to kind of prove my worth to the team. And I'd already graduated, um, so I had my degree in my back pocket. And it was really just a combination of a lot of things that pointed to me leaving. You averaged nearly 19 yards a catch last year, which is fantastic. I also saw the tape of you winning the dunk contest. We've seen you run in the 4-5. So here's what I'm wondering. You're 6'4", roughly 255. Yes, sir. Are you the most athletic big tight end in the 2019 draft? Is that your opinion? Without bragging. You know, I haven't really looked at other tight end stats and measurables, but I know that, you know, I I have what it takes athletic-wise to be able to pick new things up and kind of learn quickly and be able to do whatever's asked of me. I don't know if I'd, if I'm the most athletic, I don't know even how you could measure that. And honestly, the dunk contest thing was more of a by default thing. Cause uh, the next guy that went after me hung on the rim too long and busted his teeth out and they canceled it. See, after that's that. never good. Yeah. That's never what you want. But so. I would say you won. If you didn't knock your own teeth out, oh, you, I claim it. You, yeah. yeah, you won without a doubt. You have been a guy through this process whose stock has gone up. Everybody's been talking about Dawson Knox. Just heard you do an interview on Sirius XM, NFL radio. I mean, everybody's talking about you at this point. Have you been surprised at the attention you've received through the pre-draft? I'm not surprised just because I know that there wasn't a lot of film to watch of me producing. I was very limited um, in terms of stats. I had 15 catches last year. I, I never scored a college touchdown. So I was really hoping to get some more buzz around the combine, around pro day stuff. So that's kind of something I was looking forward to to you know, have a little bit more attention. So. Does it weird you out that you're going to be the first drafted tight end since 2011 who did not score a touchdown in college? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought that was odd, but yeah. Well, I, I guess it makes sense. You know, you never really hear about But now you know, so when you're doing those post-draft interviews, you cannot be surprised. Yeah, well, So we've good. prepared yeah. you. Well, thank you. Really enjoy that young man. He's a lot of fun. And, and so I didn't mean to throw the bad stat at him at the end, but he brought it up. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fair. And you were right. You prepared him. Now when someone throws it at him, he won't be like, what? But this is, and, and Jim's like me. He grew up around here. So he knows that Brentwood Academy under Carlton Flat and Brentwood Academy now under Cody White seems to bring in quarterbacks at every level. I mean, whether they're coming in in seventh grade or eighth grade or ninth grade or in the middle of high school, they love to bring in quarterbacks because quarterbacks are often 
the best athlete on your team. So then what do you do with them? You move them to other places. That's interesting. You move you move them to, to other spots. And, yes. and that's exactly what, what he, he did. As a matter of fact, at one point at Ole Miss, they had an injury to Jim Kelly's nephew, Chad Kelly, and he nearly had to play quarterback. So he's still considered, you know, that kind of – was that kind of player. And a really good athlete, and, and as you can tell in the interview, I mean, he's got a great personality. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, Ashley shot a clip of him at the, you know, at the local pro day just kind of chuckling it up with uh, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, and that was more than just a two-, three-second interaction there. I mean, they stood there for several minutes kind of – uh, laughing and, and having a pretty good time. Uh, you know, he, he his draft stock has really risen uh, in the last couple of weeks as he's gone through some testing and and drills and really posted good times. Uh, you know, I know on the most recent top five list that Bucky Brooks put out, I think he's number five on that list behind you know some really good players. Uh, I think he's going to go. I think he's definitely going to be a day two guy. And somebody who can play right away. You mm-hmm. know, that's what you like. Maybe he's not your lead tight end right away, but he's been well coached. He was well coached in high school. He's well coached in college. He's obviously very smart. You love the quarterback mentality from that standpoint of being able to pick things up. Former quarterbacks can often do that better than other players. And so I think this is a guy who. You know, he certainly would fit a lot of needs for a lot of teams who are interested in tight ends and maybe don't want to go after one in round one. Yep. Although somebody may love him. You know, that's what you never know about boards. What if, what if Bill Belichick right there at 32 loves this player? Just absolutely lo- and just says, we're picking him. All it takes is one team. Well, that's because yep. they don't care. It's not like they all – it's not like they all read the mocks and think, ooh, maybe we should think this about this. But they don't care. And that's where the uncertainty in all of this is. Even for us in this building, we don't know what the board looks like. I mean, right. maybe Jim does, but <laughs> neither you nor I know what the board looks like. Absolutely not. And that's kind of where all the secrecy and all of the misdirection oh. and the smoke and mirrors comes in. The lying. Yeah, because it's everyone, time everyone knows draft. who is a good player. Like, right. every 32 teams can see the skills that Quinn these guys Williams have. Williams is pretty good. Yeah, is yeah. a good player. Yeah. But what they don't know is the little nuances. Right. Who has fallen in love with this guy's personality? Who fits where? All of the little things, that's what makes this so secretive and so tricky. Well, and who has some injury thing that concerns you? Some mm-hmm. teams are more concerned about ankles or shoulders than other teams. Yep. Because you have a different orthopedic surgeon who looks at the records. Different teams look at the psychological testing very differently. Different teams do deeper background than others. And some teams may be worried about Uncle Bob, mm-hmm. you know, who's got this, what's Uncle Bob hanging around and, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on with that? There's always a little something, and teams are looking for that one edge. And some teams, you know, some teams don't care about Uncle Bob. You know, they just – that didn't bother them. Mm-hmm. You know, the Raiders were famous for that for years. They the Off the fields, they didn't care. You know, I just watched a special on Al Davis. Didn't care. Some teams are very cognizant and very worried about that in terms of what it may bring into your locker room. These are the things we don't know. Yep. But what I do know is you have social media questions. I do have some social media questions. Would you like to fire a few to Jim, the great Jim Wyatt? <laughs> sure I would. <laughs> 
Um, here's one from Facebook. It says, Jim, how many primetime games do you think the Titans will get? Three. Three? Yes. Mike Keith, do That's you have number a number? as well. Wow. I think we're doing Monday night, Thursday night, and I think we're going to do Sunday night football. That would be exciting. Or will be included because there's apparently going to be a triple header on um, Saturday on Saturday before Christmas on NFL Network, and I think three. I would agree. How does right. the schedule look? It's funny. I always look. You look for certain things on the schedule, uh, and one of them is whether you're going to be. So Christmas is on the 25th, which is a Thursday, uh, isn't it? which is a Wednesday. So you don't yeah, have to worry about being out of town right. necessarily on Christmas uh, yeah. Day. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with three. Okay. All right. That's a good one. Here's another one. Jim, do you think that the Titans will draft for need or best player available? I think best player available. I think you, when you start drafting for need and you take a guy er, too early and you pass up other guys who have a better value, then that's where you get in trouble. And because of what John Robinson's done this offseason and some of the moves he's made earlier that we discussed, he's in a position now where he can take the best guy on the board. Now, they're not going to take, if let's say, a quarterback. And I don't, I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be valued great uh, but the more they go early more if more of them go early certainly the titans are going to be in a much better position at 19 because you're going to have some guys with really good value sitting there with your pick jim white the authority on all things titans draft question from jason if we want to get the best views possible on thursday do we need to get to broadway seven plus hours early so when gates open around noon Yes. I mean, yes. Ju- just, I mean, just based on what happened during the uniform unveiling uh, and how early people got there for that, uh, I mean, the best seats uh, several hours in advance were uh, were taken up. And, and just the sheer amount of people that are going to be converging on the city, some of them with nothing to do on Thursday but stand and wait for a place in line. Now, you had the beer question yesterday. I don't know what time the uh, beer sales start, but uh, if you could stand Andy down will. there. Yeah. <laughs> I had to phone a friend. Sure. I didn't know. Right. I asked Jim. Yeah. Sure. And I told her I don't think I'm drinking that night because I've got to work. But so I, but I, I, did find, uh, I, did, <laughs> I did find out when. Uh, so I think people are going to get there early. I mean, a lot of it obviously could depend on the weather. Like today, it's beautiful outside it's beautiful. today. And if you've got a day like this, why not stand outside and get yourself but remember, in remember, uh, again, you said the key word, standing. Yes. Yeah. And You're going to be standing. And that's the thing we want to point out to people who are going to be coming down to First and Broadway to the stage. I mean, you're standing. And uh, if you're young with good legs and, you know, going to be able to do it, great. But, I mean, there are no seats. And uh, we just don't, in all seriousness, and we we tease with one another and and we're having fun, but we don't want you to get down there and be in a situation where you're not aware of that because then you're not going to enjoy it. You know, if if you can get down there however many hours early and stand and you've got buddies that'll hold your place and things of that sort, that's fantastic. But... Man, that's a, it's going to be a commitment. Well, and something to also keep in mind, there's not going to be a bad seat in the house. Right. The screens that they are bringing in are massive. Oh, yeah. It's giant. There is not going to be a place that you could stand where you can't see anything. 
So I think that, yeah, if you have the ability to get down there, there's going to be tons of stuff going on downtown on Broadway all day. There's going to be music. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. So if you can do it, have the ability to get there early. See, I would get there early, Yeah, but I, I would go do stuff. Man, I'm going to want to go to a honky-tonk. I'm going to want to get mm-hmm. to a rooftop. I'm going to want to go over and see the NFL draft experience. That's true. I, right. I think I would give up a better spot in front of the stage in order to go do stuff on Thursday. Yeah. You're going to have to be strategic about it. I mean, maybe you think, okay, I'm going to do this on Thursday night, and then I'm going to spend my Friday or Saturday or, doing all that. you know what which, you could do is you could just leave Uncle Bob standing yes. there, and yeah. you go do stuff. Well, it Uncle depart- Bob's it real busy today. Uncle Bob, well, Uncle Bob's already questionable, as <laughs> yeah. we know. It, de- it depends on how concerned you are with Uncle okay, Bob. Well, well if you're concerned, then maybe just leave stuff. him right yeah. there. <laughs> Don't leave him with your valuables, yeah. but leave him but right But the there. tough question, I mean, you got to really be strategic about how you handle it. I mean, I know there's a season ticket member event on the General Jackson, yes. and I had somebody that has a ticket to that ask me, which would you rather go to, the, the be on the General Jackson for the draft or be on the streets of Nashville during the draft? And I, and I hate to say, because I think both of them well, are going to be... Do, but the thing is, you can do both. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. I mean, nobody's saying you're stuck. That's what the incredible thing is. That That's why, if I'm doing this... I'm not committing to any one thing. I'm going to be everywhere. If right. if I can be on the General Jackson, I want to be there for that party and the food and the beverages and to be able to see and to listen to Titans radio in large part because I want to hear what Coach Mack is saying, particularly about what's happening in front of us. I want to be downtown some. I want to be in the middle of it. I mean, I want to run hard yeah. because, because this is once in a lifetime. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Don't. I think you're right. Now, if I'm pushing two kids in a stroller, then I, I've got a different mindset. Well, you have a different mindset anyway. Well, that's true. But I'm going to be pushing them fast. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right, let's talk. Let's talk about one of the Titans' rivals in the AFC South, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, champions of the South in 2017. They fell off to 5-11 and 11 a year ago. Shame. So uh, they let some people go. They said goodbye, uh, most notably to Blake Bortles, and there, there's that. I got ahead. I apologize. Because what they said hello to, as we flash back, is they said hello to Nick Folds. So upgrading the quarterback position with that defense, Jim White, I think puts them right back in the race. I do too. But the thing you have to consider is can Nick Foles be the same guy in Jacksonville that he was in Philadelphia when he had a lot of good pieces around him and certainly had uh, a lot of things going for him? I personally am a little bit skeptical to if he's going to hit the ground running down there and be just as successful. He's a great player and clutch player and uh the the Eagles been been so fortunate over the last couple of years to have a guy like that to step in uh, when something happened to Carson Wentz, but uh, you just don't know how things are going to go when you have a change of scenery. So uh, he's better than Blake Bortles. There's no question about that. He's going to make the offense better. They've got to keep find a way to keep him healthy. Uh, if you're in the AFC South, I think you hated to see them get Nick Foles because you'd like to see him just keep riding with Bortles, a guy that the Titans have certainly had a lot of success against. But now there's a new sheriff in town in Jacksonville, and uh, – uh, he's confident. He's uh, he's got a little, you know, obviously a little swagger about him, and uh, he's very capable. 
Yeah, he's tremendously capable, and they will have some weapons back. One thing that gets lost about Jacksonville a year ago is their entire offensive line was injured. And so they're getting some people back that they didn't have. Foles is going to have more help. And from their standpoint, they are certainly hopeful that Leonard Fournette is going to be able to step in for new offensive coordinator John Filippo and do, do more than what he did a year ago. So that's what they're looking at. As far as what they are looking for in the draft, weapons, uh, they are one of the teams that is very talked about at the tight end position. They are very talked about at offensive tackle, and they're looking to replace some, some edge rushing help. Uh, Ngakwe will enter his fourth year. He is the all-time or the third all-time leading sacker in Jaguars history. But who do they take at seven? If you're if you're a betting man, where do where do the Jacksonville Jaguars go at seven? Amy Wells, I'll put the same question to you after the great Jim White answers. I think I, I think I suspect this is just a hunch that they're taking a tight end, uh, and uh, I would guess Hawkinson. Uh, that's just strictly a guess. I mean, they, they could go a number of directions. Obviously, a lot easier when you're picking the top ten. You pretty much have your choice. I just, for some reason, I think they're going tight end. See, I was going to say edge rusher, and I don't know who. I'm not going to speculate, but I think that's the position that they go for because I think that their dominant defense was such a calling card for them a couple years ago. I think they're going to do whatever they can to get back to that. Well, and the other thing, too, to your point, what did Tom Coughlin do in New York? Right. Every time he had a chance to draft somebody who could go hit the quarterback, he did. That's what he and Jerry Reese did. Yep. They went and they got pass rushers. Montez Sweat would make a ton of sense for what they like to do. The other player would make a ton of sense is is Jawan Taylor from Florida. He is a plug and he is a, a pick and play, plug right in, right tackle for them. And if you're if you're going to be better, they're already good enough on defense. Do they just say we take Andre Dillard or we take Jawan Taylor because we need a Tony Baselli type guy, which is what he took when he was with Jacksonville the first time Coughlin did? Do they need that guy right now? I don't know. The Jags, in my mind, and this is just for me, they always seem to do the one thing that I wish they didn't do. They never do something just to like make their O-line a little bit better or, you know, we really want to toughen up this position. They always pick the guy that I wanted or the guy that's going to get after Marcus or the guy. They always do exactly what I don't want them to do. So I think they're going to pick a dominant edge rusher and it's going to make me mad. Do they Short, trade out? Do they Short trade out at seven? Uh, if they had some takers, I mean, I, I think that's ideally what you do is you can move back. If When you have a number of needs that you can address, that, that means you have a bigger pool of players. And so if you can get out of that and still get one of the guys that you need, I think that's what you do. I just don't know, uh, you know what the demand is going to be there. A lot's going to hinge on what happens at the quarterback position, how early those guys start coming off the board. They have three picks in day two when you count the compensatory at 98. They have the early first-round pick and then three picks in day two. So, you know, they're going to be one of those day two teams that's busy. We have uh, – we've hit a lot of stuff today. This has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us for the OTP, and we want you to be with us uh, throughout the course of April. We will do this show through April the 30th, live every day at 10 Central on all the Titans social media channels, and that's Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you for the questions. We're so appreciative. Tomorrow – Charlie Daniels, 
We've got music. We've got Nashville. And we got football in the legendary Charlie Daniels. Going to be so much fun to see what he thinks about all this draft stuff. He's been in Nashville for 50 years. I bet he's another one that never imagined it happen, happening, but he always believed this community could make it happen. He's been a great promoter. Charlie Daniels on the program tomorrow. Coach Dave McGinnis, and he will help us preview the defensive backs, and then our position previews will be complete. With a chance that we get Charlie Daniels and Dave McGinnis and maybe sing a little jingle uh, together tomorrow. Nothing would make me happier. I think that what should happen is Amy and I should just leave, and we should let Charlie Daniels and Dave McGinnis <laughs> just do the show. We'll just yeah. watch from behind the How glass. How much more interesting would that be? Oh, my gosh. Who knows of course they, what crazy topics Coach Mack would come up I with. I don't though. know how much Charlie Daniels likes to talk. I've just met him once. He's he likes fr- to talk. I talked to him one time about a Jeff Fisher uh, facial hair story way back in the day. Okay. And he was... All right, so he likes to More talk as much willing. as Coach Mack? He does. I so think they could be, they could be six, talking seven over hours. one another. Yeah, that this, would be this a This might long... be a two-hour OTP. <laughs> well, this is good stuff. Uh, thanks to our fine staff. Thanks to the great Jim Wyatt, who you can read at titansonline.com, and you should every day. How do you follow Jim Wyatt on Twitter? You follow Jim Wyatt on Twitter, at Sports, which is also my Instagram feed. I've got a Facebook uh, where I post all my stories as well, and a uh, lot to write about these days. Amy Wells, how do they follow you on Twitter? At Titans Amy on Twitter and Instagram. All right. For Jim White and Amy Wells, Mike Keith reminds you it is nine days until players are drafted in Nashville. Thank you for joining us for the OTP Road to Nashville. Have a great day, everybody.